ECDC On Air. The podcast of the European Centre for Disease Prevention and Control. Keeping up to date with European epidemiology. Hello and welcome to today's episode of ECDC On Air, which is the podcast for the European Centre for Disease Prevention and Control. Today we'll be talking about how artificial intelligence can be used for disease surveillance and for spotting early signs of disease outbreaks. We've touched upon this subject in earlier podcasts where we've looked at specific AI tools for disease surveillance, such as EpiTwitter. Today we're going to expand on this a bit further, and with me here in the studio I have Gianfranco Spiteri, who is heading up ECDC's Epidemic Intelligence team. Welcome Gianfranco. Thank you, Niklas. Can you start off by telling us a little bit more about your work and what your team does? Yeah, so I'm, I'm the group lead of the Epidemic Intelligence team, as you said. So our role is basically threat detection. So we aim to detect outbreaks and public health events linked to communicable diseases as early as possible, and then also to monitor the events as they progress uh, over time. So the idea is that we provide information on events as rapidly as possible to decision makers so they can take public health action. Can you then explain a little bit uh, what kind of role this plays in the wider sense of disease surveillance? Our team basically brings together different types of surveillance data for decision making and response. So we work with uh, both indicator-based surveillance data, which is the data on cases of infectious diseases, which countries report to ECDC, and also data that we capture from uh, media monitoring and social media, uh, where there might be less formal and less structured information on disease outbreaks. And then we capture this information through different tools to be able to identify outbreaks as early as, as possible. And to do this, we use many different tools, and some of which use artificial intelligence. And more and more, we're using different algorithms and different AI tools to help us capture these outbreaks. Could you explain a little bit what is the role for artificial intelligence within the field of epidemic intelligence? We are already using artificial intelligence in, in different ways, and we see kind of a lot of scope for more application in the future. Um, so if we're looking at monitoring media for outbreaks and uh, other open sources, so the, basically looking in the World Wide Web to detect events, the information we're dealing with is so large, so enormous in scope that it's impossible for people to monitor everything and be able to summarize information efficiently. So to do this, we use some tools. For example, one of them is the Epidemic Intelligence from Open Sources tool developed by WHO, which is a media monitoring tool that we use to detect outbreaks and, and other events. Um, and these tools are using more and more artificial intelligence methods, so machine learning, to categorize information, for example. So if a media report is talking about an outbreak of botulism somewhere, then the tool can say, can tell us which country, uh, which, which specific location where the event is happening, it can tell us that it's actually botulism, not, so we don't need to look for the outbreak itself, but we can classify events very easily to these algorithms that are in, in place in the system. And this helps us a lot, so we can focus our searches on uh, specific topics. So if we want to monitor food and waterborne disease outbreaks, we can tell the system that we're looking for these types of, of events. 
and it will filter the events using the algorithms behind the tool to capture only relevant information. And this is saving us a lot of time compared to the way we were uh, looking for outbreaks in the past where we were using, uh, looking at many different websites, using many different tools to identify um, to identify outbreaks and, and, and events. So that, that's one way. So the, the media monitoring is one area where, we, where artificial intelligence has been extremely useful already. But also if we look at indicator-based surveillance data, so this is kind of where ECDC receives information on cases of communicable diseases which are detected in Europe. These data can be extremely large. So we can use algorithms to help us detect outbreaks. And we've used these in the past, so during the COVID pandemic, for example, we're using relatively simple algorithms to detect changes in trends, for example, based on the data which was reported to us. Um, but now we are thinking of applying even more advanced methodology, so we can use machine learning models to be able to identify patterns in extremely large data sets. Uh, so this could be detecting outbreaks, for example, but it could also be helpful for detecting patterns for example, risk groups for to identify people who might be at more at risk to develop disease, or we might also think about in a in a pandemic setting, for example, looking at the effectiveness of vaccines, for example. So we could use models to dig more deeper in the data, uh, which would be impossible for a person to do it. So we, we might be able to do it for a few indicators, but when you have such large data sets looking at so many different variables with so many countries, then uh, doing it by hand with one person is, is impossible. So this is, I think, where artificial intelligence can become more and more useful for our work. And uh, can you explain a little bit how artificial intelligence, how it's changed the day in the life of a person who works in your team, for example? It depends on how, kind of how we define artificial intelligence, but if you consider automations as well as part of that, we're trying to use artificial intelligence and, and different algorithms to make our lives easier. So for example, even uh, mundane, simple things that are repetitive, but take time, we can use kind of automations or in some ways artificial intelligence to help us spend less time doing monotonous tasks. So for example, every day in ECDC, we have a meeting where we discuss items which are of public health relevance to decide on actions. And before each meeting, we share an agenda for the meeting with some basic information on what will be discussed. In the past, this would take half an hour's work for someone to prepare. Now we have a tool which basically automatically generates the agenda with a summary of the information that will be discussed. This saves people time and we can focus on other tasks where kind of you need more kind of expert input instead of repetitively clicking on things and doing the same thing. We're also thinking of using artificial intelligence to help, uh, or we're starting to test using artificial intelligence to summarize information. So we have, as you mentioned, we have these large language models, which everyone is now trying out. In ECDC, we have an event-based surveillance system called EpiPulse, where countries report information on outbreaks in a less structured way. So they might tell us, we have an outbreak of salmonella involving 50 people in a particular location linked to a particular food stuff. And the other countries can then reply to this event and uh, provide additional information on, for example, whether they detect similar strains of salmonella, whether they have an extension of the outbreak, imported cases, etc. And the, one of the roles of the epidemic intelligence team and other teams in ECDC is to summarize this information 
to communicate it to, to our stakeholders. And so far we have been doing this in a manual way, which means that we spend a lot of time reading, rereading, writing, etc. And these large language models can help us to summarize the text in a very efficient way. So now if, for example, someone from a country uploads information at nine o'clock in the evening and nobody from ECDC is working, we are thinking about how can we use these models to summarize the information provided, taking into account what has already been reported by other countries and providing overview of a public health event. So this could make information more rapidly available to colleagues in the member states and also to facilitate the response so this can be done more quickly in a more efficient way. Are there any kind of tools at sort of like more international level that are being used by ECDC? Yeah, so I mentioned the, the Epidemic Intelligence from Open Sources tool. So this is a tool developed by WHO in collaboration with the Joint Research Center of the European Commission. As I mentioned, this has quite a few AI machine learning models behind it to help in the classification. It's also a very useful tool for collaboration within our teams, but also across organizations. So for example, we work with this tool with Africa CDC to monitor specific events. So we had, for example, the Hajj a few months ago, um, which we monitor to see if there's any outbreaks which we can respond to quickly. And we have been doing this through EIOS with uh, Africa CDC and other, other partners. So for example, Gulf CDC as well, we have worked with through this tool. It's being used more and more internationally, uh, both by WHO, but also by uh, other organizations, both international organizations, but also within countries. So many countries in Europe, for example, have been trained to use the tool. And in the future, there will be even more ways of collaborating so we can share signals across countries and across organizations. And this will be facilitated also by artificial intelligence tools, which will help us identify what are the most commonly identified threats, for example, at a point in time. So this information, the tool can learn from the behavior of its users and then identify information which can help with detecting outbreaks more rapidly and sharing the information across countries and users in a more effective way. Can you give some examples of how AI has actually helped you to spot something? I think with the iOS, we use it on a, day, on a daily basis. So kind of probably everything that we detect in these days, kind of in some way, is supported by artificial intelligence tool, what, kind of the information we detect through, through media. With EpiTwitter during the pandemic, it was extremely useful, for example, to detect changes in recommendations in the country. So th these were kind of very widely reported on Twitter at the time. So we could very rapidly identify if there was a change in restrictions, for example, during COVID, which is also very important from a kind of public health point of view to understand kind of the, the risks for the population. If we look at more recently, the last outbreak we detected with EIOS, there was, I think, around a botulism outbreak cluster in France. Um, we were monitoring it both as part of a mass gathering, actually, because of the Rugby World Cup in France. So we picked it up as that. But in parallel, we, we also we look at on a daily basis for any events in, in Europe which would fit our reporting criteria. So this was picked up partly through EIOS, through, through the screening. So we saw an increase in uh, information on botulism in France and specific media items then through the, through the system. And then this was also reported by France eventually through kind of the restricted systems that we have. So this, this is probably the latest one. And then we could provide information to our stakeholders, including commission and other member states on 
what is happening. We could validate it very quickly with colleagues in France to understand what the risk factor was. And, and they very rapidly identified the source of the outbreak and implemented control measures. So it's a real time saver, it seems like. Uh, how long would it have taken for you otherwise to have spotted these? It's difficult to say because then we would have been screening. I mean, right now we screen around 2,000 pieces of information every day with the help of these tools. If we didn't have these tools, we would be screening much, much more. So then it's like finding a needle in a haystack, basically. So it would be very easy to miss something and unless kind of big media report or there's an extensive report, then we would find it. Or else we would depend on colleagues in France reporting directly to ECDC. Definitely, I think it saves us a day or a couple of days kind of in detecting threats currently. And it could be even better, like the more we reduce the noise, and improve the noise-to-signal ratio, the more efficient it will become in the future, I think. Do you think also that uh, things that are kind of going under the radar otherwise, that they are now being picked up, that your team has much more capacity now to pick up all sorts of things? Yes, I think if it's related to communicabilities, we tend to pick them up. What AI brings to us, I think, is that we can spend less time digging through the large amounts of information and then more time in properly assessing, validating and communicating to to our stakeholders. So then we can combine also more different pieces of information. If we're looking at another outbreak we we identified recently is a hepatitis outbreak, for example, hepatitis A outbreak in Slovakia. Um, We detected it through through open sources, through, through media and official reports in the country. Um, but then, since we don't need to spend so much time looking through information to detect it, we can look at other data sets, other information to get more context and more information on the event. And then, even if we don't have much time before our weekly meetings to to kind of to, where we discuss these events, we can uh, spend more time getting background information, looking at hepatitis A vaccination coverage, for example looking at what are the risk population, what are the migration patterns to the area, for example, and provide all that information to our stakeholders in a very rapid way. And otherwise, kind of before the use of AI and other similar tools, we would not just not have had the time to dig in, dig so deeply into the information. So it really gives us more time to bring everything together in a more useful way for all our stakeholders. And then providing more relevant information, which colleagues from the response side can act more rapidly on. If we look more at the indicator-based surveillance side of things, let's say you have a big data set of of data that has been reported to you by the member states. Do you have any uh, examples of things that have been spotted through there? I mean, so far we have not really used that much AI in these areas. It's more kind of something which is in the pipeline. The algorithms we've used are mostly in, in during the COVID times. We were looking at data to identify changes and in, um, increases or even decreases in trends. So we could identify when peaks of uh, infections were happening, and then kind of our modelers could also look at the trends in the following weeks. So using some of the, some models to algorithms to define what would be the most likely scenario in the, in the in the forthcoming weeks, which would help then in the planning and the response. I think in the future, we will be able to automate this even more, so these kind of processes, so we can kind of predict what is happening. 
but also detect specific patterns in the data. So, I mean, as we, as we mentioned, looking at the effect of uh, vaccines, for example, how effective they are in specific populations, eventually side effects from vaccines as well, kind of being able to rapidly detect anything, which any, any signals very, very early on. Looking also at the impact of variants, for example, on disease transmission for COVID specific, but could also be for other diseases where we have data. This right now, we have to do it with analyses which take a long time and a lot of effort, but a lot of this could be automated and done in almost near real time in, in, in the future, I think. Do you think that AI can help predict new outbreaks in the way that they actually could prevent a new pandemic from emerging? AI can, and the tools we're using now, can definitely help us detect the first signals of an event. But then uh, preventing a pandemic depends on having a very strong response very rapidly. And uh, we need to make sure that there's the capacity kind of across the globe to respond effectively. But we're putting ourselves in the best possible situation, right, with these two. So if we are able to detect the first cases of something unusual very quickly, then, then this gives us maybe the time to act, to contain and prevent the event. So yes, hopefully in the future, but I think we're a bit far away from, from that and we need to make sure that there's enough capacity in, uh, at a global level to apply these methods and also then to be able to respond effectively when there's a signal. Do you think AI will eventually replace surveillance experts like yourself? Uh, then, then we can retire in peace and <laughs> in some nice uh, sunny country. But I think it's, uh, I think we're far away from that. Now we depend on human assessment and AI can help us make this assessment in a more efficient way and more rapidly. Of course, kind of these tools will continue to develop. So in the future, kind of our role might become more and more redundant, but there will be a need, I think, for expert input to help also design these systems. Maybe we need different types of expertise and kind of the epidemiologists to be able to work more uh, with artificial intelligence tools and being able to design them and also evaluate them in an effective way. And we will always continue to need people to rapidly respond to events. So maybe they will take some part of the job, which is a bit more repetitive. So for example, in our team, we spend a lot of time even now screening large amounts of information. Better AI could help us spend less time on this side of our job. But then we can use our time more efficiently and effectively to respond to signals, which maybe is a more effective way of using kind of the human intelligence. So we should be looking at how we can use artificial intelligence to replace the more repetitive tasks and use the time for more effective kind of public health action in, in our teams. Okay, thanks Gianfranco. That's all the questions I have for you today. Thanks for coming to ECDC On Air. Thank you, Niklas. It's been a pleasure. We hope you enjoyed this episode of ECDC On Air. For more information about ECDC and its work, please visit us on the web at ecdc.europa.eu or follow us on social media.